There's a spirit at Bryan Health, a passion that says we can make it better, stronger, to raise our kids, to build our future, to move forward together. It's time for Bryan Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. When it comes to diabetes, knowledge is power. The power to control your symptoms, your health, and your life can be yours with the help of the Diabetes Education Team at Bryan Health. My guest today is Molly Petrick. She's a certified diabetes educator at Bryan Health. Welcome to the show, Molly. So tell us a little bit of a working definition of diabetes and how would someone know that they have it? All right. Well, thank you for having me on, and I'm kind of excited about this. Um, The type 2 diabetes is... Signs and symptoms would be common ones, an increase in thirst, an increase in urination, changes in vision. Um, A lot of times individuals don't know that they have diabetes at all until the symptoms get really bad, and then they finally give in and they go to their regular doctor and say, something's wrong, help me out. Type 2 diabetes can be established with a blood test, so whether that be done in the office or with a lab, with a lab draw, could be two fasting blood sugars over 126 could be any random blood sugar over 200, Um, could be done in some cases even with a hemoglobin A1C or an average of what those blood sugars have been over the past three months. So if someone is told by their doctor after they've gotten the fasting blood glucose or an A1C that they have prediabetes, what do you tell them about hopefully not letting it turn into full-blown diabetes? Absolutely. Well, the most important thing that I would tell somebody who has prediabetes is that diet and exercise are the two most powerful drugs that you can take on a daily basis. And I tell this to my type 2s that are diet controlled as well. And the way that I go about it is I would tell an individual that on the days when you're watching your portion sizes and you're eating healthy and you're eating balanced, it's like taking an extra dose of medication. And on the days when we don't make the best choices, and there are days that everybody doesn't make the best choices, when we don't make those best choices, it's like missing a dose of medication. Same thing is true with exercise. On the days when we get up and we are moving, we feel better, it's like taking an extra dose of medication. When we miss those days of exercise, our blood sugars are going to be a little bit higher. It's like missing a dose of medication. So the best thing that I would tell a pre-diabetic is to get up and move and to try and eat as healthy as they can. That weight loss will help them improve the blood sugars, much like I would tell a type 2 who is diet controlled. You're controlling it with diet and exercise. So then let's talk about diet for a minute. As we're managing our diabetes with exercise and dietary guidelines, people hear the word carbohydrates and think right away that they're all bad for diabetics, but carbohydrates are not all created equal, yes? They are not all created equal, that's right. So you want to be trying to select things that are higher in fiber whenever possible. But even high-fiber carbohydrates still will raise the blood sugars, so you can't eat all that you want to. Moderation is the biggest thing that you can do to help improve those blood sugars and to watch the portion control. So if I could eat a whole apple, that's going to be more nutritious and keep me full for a longer period of time than if I had a half a cup of juice. So while they both contain the same amount of carbohydrates, that apple is going to be more filling than the apple juice and keep me full and satisfied for a longer period of time. If I try to remove all of the carbohydrates from my diet, the first thing that people tell me is that they're all right for about the first week or two, and then they go on this binge, and they want to eat every carbohydrate they can possibly find in sight. That's not a real healthy lifestyle and not really embracing that there needs to be a lifestyle change, and then we need to be watching the portion sizes. 
So when we're looking at things like brown rice versus white rice or a white potato versus a sweet potato, grains, legumes, these kinds of things, are diabetics allowed to eat those sorts of foods? Absolutely, in moderation. So what I would tell individuals, especially here in the Midwest, I would never tell anyone that they can't have an ear of sweet corn. But it's one ear of corn, not three ears of corn at one meal. Um, It's having potatoes. But maybe instead of having a half a plate of potatoes, maybe it's a quarter of the plate worth of potatoes. Maybe it's having your vegetables on your plate first when you have like an Asian dish, having lots of peppers and broccoli and cauliflower, and then putting your rice and then your meat on top of it. So it's plating it just a little bit different, but you've decreased the amount of carbohydrates that you may have consumed. And do you advocate type 2 diabetics self-monitor their blood glucose? And if so, how often should they do that? I do encourage the type 2s to be checking their blood sugars. Part of how often depends on the insurance plan. So Medicare will only pay, if you're not on insulin, for you to be testing your blood sugars once a day. If you're on insulin, Medicare will pay for it to be paid up to four times a day. Each individual um, self-insured plan varies as to how often that they should be testing. I encourage people to test because if you don't test, you don't know how different things are impacting your blood sugar. And it's kind of like going into the doctor's office and not having any idea, were you doing enough, were you not doing enough, what should you be doing better to help get your blood sugars under control. If you're doing a finger poke after you've eaten a large buffet meal and you see that your blood sugar was a little higher than it was normally after your portion-controlled meal at home, you might make a second choice the next time that you go into a buffet. And what foods would you really like them to steer clear of? I think it depends on the person. If I could limit, I wouldn't avoid anything. I think that what I would really advocate for is just really portion control and moderation. Having a healthier snack versus maybe something that's not quite as healthy. Having some fruit, maybe a vegetable, and then if you need something sweet, going back and having just a small amount of whatever it is that they're looking for. I tell individuals that you can go and you can eat it, but you've got to know how many carbohydrates are in the food. I think the other thing, instead of looking at which foods, I would have them just really reflect back as to why are they eating. Are they eating a snack because they're hungry? Are they eating a snack because everybody around them is eating? Are they eating a snack because they're bored? That's a very good tip, really, because people do sometimes mindlessly eat out of boredom. Now, what about obesity and diabetes and the risk for diabetes if you're somebody that's obese? So speak about that and how they can work on controlling that risk factor. Absolutely. So each five pounds of weight loss that an individual can lose, you will decrease your risk of developing diabetes, but you also, if you already have diabetes, the weight loss will help with the insulin absorption better. So anytime that someone can start to do a little bit more movement, and whether they have prediabetes, whether they're at risk for diabetes and they're overweight, whether they have diabetes already, the exercise and the portion control will help them with that weight loss. If an individual can see success with weight loss, then they're more motivated to continue it. If they fall off the wagon or if they don't see results right away, what I see is that individuals then get frustrated and then they want to chuck the whole thing out the window. And they don't want to then stay motivated to make those changes. 
And when would a diabetic need to use insulin to help control their diabetes? When does it come to that? Sure. Um, so that varies from person to person as to when an individual might need insulin. Sometimes individuals need insulin right at the beginning of the diagnosis with type 2 diabetes because their A1C is so high. So oftentimes with Medicaid, with the pills, um, you can see about a 1% to 2% decrease in the hemoglobin A1C. Well, if the target is to be between 65 and 7% and you start off at 14, it's going to take you a little while to get there. So in order to help prevent the diabetic from getting complications, we want to try and lower those blood sugars as fast as we can. So insulin would be appropriate at that point for a short period of time. If the individual has had steroids and are having elevated blood sugars, the chances of them having side effects, the increase in thirst, the increase in urination, while they're on the steroids fighting whatever it is that they need the steroids for, in order to combat those side effects, we give them insulin. In some cases, individuals can be on up to three oral medications for diabetes treatments, and that's all that's really safe. After three different kinds of oral medications, if we just can't quite get the blood sugar to the target goal with diet and exercise and those oral pills, then insulin is usually initiated as well. Then wrap it up for us, Molly, if you would, with your best advice for people that may have been told that they have prediabetes or full-blown diabetes, what you really want them to know about controlling it and managing it. I think the most important thing that you could know about knowing that you're pre-diabetic or that you're diabetic is what are your risk factors? What are the signs and symptoms? Am I having an increase in thirst? Am I having an increase in urination? Am I having any changes in my vision? Have I seen my doctor in the past year? Is it something that I'm watching? How motivated am I to get up and to start doing some exercise? How motivated am I then to be watching my portion sizes? And those are the two most important things that a diabetic or a pre-diabetic could be doing on a daily basis to help them improve their health. Thank you so much. It's great information. Thanks for being with us today. And if you'd like to learn more about managing your diabetes, you can call the Brian Diabetes Center at 402-481-6305. That's 402-481-6305. Or you can go to brianhealth.org forward slash diabetes. That's brianhealth.org forward slash diabetes. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Brian Health Radio. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.